This episode of The Big Stomp was recorded on the 9th of April, 2019. Welcome to The Big Stomp, the Bunkerzilla radio show that roars at the latest stories and discussions in geek culture today. So, what are we waiting for? Let's start stomping. Hello and welcome to the Big Stomp here on Bunkerzilla UK. I'm your host as always, Ian Bolton, and it's time to have another stomp through the topics in geek culture today. And I'm joined by our regulars. I'm joined first by the Ragtie Man himself, Andrew. Greetings from the Super Fortress Hardcore Genki, Hay Fever Research and Gen Repurposing Centre. And I'm also joined by regular panellist, Lizzie Barnes. Hello, lovely, lovely people. How are you all? Delightful. And we have a new guest today for this episode of The Big Stomp. It's David from Roll on the Adventure. Hello. Uh, there's a lot of enthusiasm. I wasn't quite expecting that much. So <laughs> I'm going to save my energy for later. Wait, okay. sh- sh- surely you mean new victim, not new guest. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not so much enthusiasm. We've, we've just had the hype beaten into us by Ian. So You uh, will be ex- enthusiastic. All aboard the hype train. Choo choo choo. Anyway, the few times that you know the beatings will continue until morale improves has actually worked. <laughs> Apparently so on the surface. Well, you know, some of us, you know, no kink shaming here, right? <laughs> anyway, how is everyone? I'm dying. Why are you dying? Um. I, I, I discovered that there's a plant near my place of work that probably induces hay fever in me. Oh dear. <laughs> and it's it, horrible. It, it, if it's in Cambridge, it's the pussy willows. They're terrible for that. I will take your word for it. Uh, they're, re- they're really like ramping it up this year. Oh, okay. Other than <laughs> but, uh, that. To be fair, I don't know where the, where the super fortress is, so it could be on the moon for all I know. Part of it is. Uh, good. Well, did you get a good deal on the real estate? <laughs> Well, it's infinitely large and everywhere, so yeah, of course we do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've, I've just come off a very busy weekend because I've just come back from uh, Cos Expo in Reading, which is a really nice yeah. event. Really so nice... jealous! I'm so jealous I so wanted to go! It, it, I think for cosplayers, it's a really, really good yeah. event. And I was, it... was going to say, I saw all the photos from it and that was everything I needed. <laughs> is that in a good way or a bad way? Oh no, in a good, in a good way. It's one of those weird things where it's an event i'm absolutely over the moon happened but i i wouldn't turn up there for anything yeah me just... too. It's, it's not for me yeah and it looked awesome and it looked wonderful and i saw all the pictures and i was like that's why it's great and that's why i'm never going <laughs> yep uh you're 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 you prefer to be the stay-at-home nerds no i'm, I'm just not at all into cosplay i'm into yeah. looking at cosplay and going wow that's lovely Mm. But I, I'm not into making cosplay. From from my experience, go there. It was a hundred percent cosplay oriented. You did mm. not have a games room. You did not have a screening room. You didn't have any sort of uh, traits that you would find at other conventions. Mm. Um, especially in terms of the panels and the workshops, they were a hundred percent cosplay. So there's nothing like how to get into fan fiction writing, how mm. to get into doing art and stuff like that. It is. It, it was absolutely hundred percent cosplay focused. I, I saw the panel listing. It was brilliant. Yeah. It was so in-depth. Amazing. <laughs> exactly what it said on the tin, really. Oh, yeah. but also No concessions to anything else other than cosplay, which I but, love. 
but then if you go to cos something called cosplay expo and expect it to have anything other than cosplay, then you're going to be a very sad little nerd. Not, no, 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 no. I know, I know no. you're not compl- I know you're not like saying it as a bad what thing. What I'm saying just, like... is, is that it'd be very easy for that. It would be easier for them to go. We're going to do cosplay expo, and it's going to be like fifty percent cosplay, yeah, or seventy percent. Or on his yeah. video. And they just went, fuck you, we're doing a cosplay expo and it will be cosplay. And well, that's they went, great. we're staying true to our branding. Suck yeah. It. Well, no, yeah. We, had com- we had a conversation about this on the last uh, Hardcore Genki. And it's mm. great. I think more places should go, fuck it, we're just going to do do this. Yeah, mm. totally. it's great. Yeah, so hopefully, um, I mean, a lot of people had a great time. The event was very well run. And uh, yeah, hopefully they'll be back for next year, 2020. Maybe a free day con, who knows? Um, uh, if they are back next year, I'm so buying a ticket. I look uh, so forward to the photo streams. <laughs> um, I've also did, um, myself, uh, Christian, and Jason. We did a little bit of filming down there over the weekend as well. So we'll have Ooh. a nice, we'll have a nice little probably five minute vox pop going up very very soon on the Bunkerzilla website. Um, uh, is, is was this the event that Jason was drinking stra- straight out of a teapot? No, no, that was a, a mutual friend of ours, uh, engagement party. That'd be uh, that'd be Phil from Kitacon. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's like he like uh, uh, there was a picture going round of Jason drinking straight out of a teapot. Sorry, but no, you do not drink straight out of the teapot. Have I you ever tried it? No, because I have class. <laughs> I didn't say yeah, I no, had class. No, drink, drink from the top of a teapot and go and just you know, that would just be a disaster. Anyway. Anyway, right. <laughs> anyway, moving right. on. Introductions out of the way. Let's kick off with a good old Balbatov in the news. Uh, basically, we look at some of the latest going on in the world of geek culture. Very short, brief news bites. And uh, yeah, we just sort of gander our eyes over it. And uh, we're looking more in movies for this part of the show because uh, we've had two versions of Captain Marvel come out. We've had Marvel's Captain Marvel. And then we've got DC's version Shazam already <laughs> coming out as well. And um, they've both done very well with the box office uh captain oh, yes. marvel has crossed the one billion dollar mark already Woo-hoo! i like well hollywood done. female-led f- f- like show to movies can be profitable Yay. 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 And, uh, and shazam has already made over 100 million dollars worldwide the film only costs 98 million to make Ooh. so it's so it's already getting its money back which is a good thing um and have, I think any, have any of you seen it uh i've seen yeah. both of them yeah, uh, no. I have seen Captain Marvel, Shazam. I'm kind of in a take it or leave it kind of mood because uh, Shazam surprised yeah. me because it was a kids movie, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Well, I went hmm. to it and I was I, the most you know I went to it. I was a little bit bored, but the most annoying thing was when I found out it was a 12A, and I'm like, no, this should be a PG. This Wait, is so for it's kids. N- it's it's not dark and gritty. No. It is, but in a kids way. Which is awesome, like Harry yeah. Potter, dark and gritty. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, yeah. Harry Potter's not dark and gritty. It's more sort of foggy and misty. Uh, Voldemort ganks a kid <laughs> straight out. Just went your existent to requirements. Bang. Uh, in yeah, but it's fairly bloodless. Let's be honest. He's still dead. Anyway, he's still, yeah. he's still what dead. I'm saying is, for kids, that was fairly horrific. And I'm saying that um, the Lion Sam... King. Say what? The Lion King, you know, Mufasa. Yeah. It was. That gets it, dark. Yeah. It was a yeah. great movie, just very kiddie, which okay. is cool. It's nice to see them making an adventure, a, a superhero movie for a specific audience, like they did. You know, like they should be doing, yeah. moving oh, beyond yeah. the set. This is the niche it must fill. Thing. 
I liked it. I mean, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad that a DC Universe movie is finally doing well that isn't Wonder Woman. But like for me, Shazam as a character, I find deathly dull. Yes, <laughs> he uh, is so boring because uh, it's like let's let's take Superman and make him even more white bread. Yes. Well, I would say it's a little bit different because this is um, it's oh, about a kid who sort of, well, foster foster kid who's trying to find his sort of place in the world, and he's kind of, he's not he's not trying to be heroic to begin with. He's yeah. quite he's quite um sort of he's he is a kid. He's an, he's an absolute kid. He's a ten year old boy. Yeah, he's a ten year old boy, and he yeah. uh, he says a magic word, and he begins to become. I mean, in the comic books, which is how it's... I know the character, the the thing is, he wants to be just like Superman. No. That's, that's not how it's done in the movie. No. Oh, okay, that's there, fine. There's, like... there's a better, more there's a better, more in-depth plot, mm. but it's still a young, I'd say, tweeny. Well, I don't know what the phrases are these days. Tween. Young. It's a it, it's a kids movie. So yeah, well, it's fine. It's I would also like I'd also like to point out uh, Aquaman shifted a ton of of cash. So Aquaman's one billion as well. Yeah, it's yeah. the second DC one that wasn't. That's not uh, Wonder Woman. It needs and shit. So okay. Uh, to be fair, I haven't seen Aquaman myself uh, yet. I was Do you have to... strong feelings about Jason Momoa being wet? I mean, I've enjoyed the pictures. Yeah. Okay. Well... Like I mean, the re- like that's the, the only reason I was going to go see it was because of Jason Momoa like being shirtless and wandering around looking broody. Let's be honest. That's why most women went to see it. We weren't ex- like it's about fifty percent of the film. Yeah. So I uh, I like. I was going to go see it in the cinema and then I didn't care enough and then it was out of the cinema. So I was like, I'll just wait for the DVD. <laughs> yeah, totally. Which is out now, actually. Yes. Is it? Yeah, uh, it came out on Monday. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll have to have a look in the supermarket. It's probably about yeah. a tenner in Tesco's. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yes. And um, also Captain Marvel. Uh, have you guys yes! seen Captain Marvel? Yes! 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 It was a yes! right laugh. All the yeses. Just... Um, yeah, sorry, I'm very excited by that movie. Yeah, being excited, <laughs> carry this is on. the movie's bit, so I've got no idea what's going on. <laughs> uh, Captain America, sorry, uh, Captain Marvel had yeah. an origin, punched the bad guy in the face repeatedly, saved the day, huzzah. And hey, then well, flew off to be awesome, and we'll be back in Endgame. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a Marvel movie. It's a Marvel movie. It with passes a Marvel the movie test. Uh, It's... Fun. It was good. I enjoyed it. Um, the thing I liked about it the most was you could have swapped the main character for a male, and yes. it still would have worked. Yes. Like there was no oh. shoehorned in love interest. There was no like, I... oh, girly bits, yay! It was the just most, like the most girly bit was Captain Marvel talking with her friend, like a, and as you said, you could have swapped two blokes out. There was there was no mention of being or you know speaking as a woman or speaking as a mother. It was just. Yeah, speaking as two pilots. Yeah, I mean and there was speaking a... as a parent. It was there great. Was, yeah, there was one bit where it was like, "What sort of uh, example are you setting to your impressionable young daughter?" But you, that kid, could have said that to their dad as well. It would have that, been like, yeah, yeah. It the wasn't young... like strong, independent women don't need no man. It's like really. The only bit that was really engendered uh, was when they had a fight scene with um, "I'm Just a Girl." Oh yeah, yeah. That Which like, was hilarious because she just kicked the snot out of people, and I yeah, was, I was, I thought that worked. I, oh, I was, it like... absolutely worked for me because I was because back in the day when that track used to get played in the clubs, 
that was just when the Riot Girls came out and <laughs> went for it. Yeah. Not, you know, the, a certain type of Riot not all of them, but a bunch of the Riot Girls will just come out and go for it. And to see that happening on the screen was just like, oh, fuck, yeah, that's cool. Mm. Yeah, I, I think the most the, the the bit for me that I didn't enjoy was the CGI effects on Clark Gregg and um, Samuel L. Jackson. That was about for me. No, that was the only thing. that was the it, only moment when I went. I was really impressed with them. I think it works very well with Sam Jackson. I don't think it works well with Clark Gregg. It was a bit uncanny mm. valley on him. Mm-hmm. But then, to be fair, with Samuel L. Jackson, they didn't really have to do a lot. Like you look at the man now, and then you look at the man from twenty years ago, and like you know, really, other than a few grey hairs, you can't tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, are we going to uh, hit spoiler territory? Very yes, <laughs> yeah. Like, so uh, let yeah, so let's not spoil it for 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 David in that sense. But um, in terms of Captain Marvel, I think from my side, I think it's a very serviceable uh, Marvel debut film because here's the thing: the way I look at some of the the beginning films for a lot of the Marvel universe is they're entertaining, but they're not sort of wowie sort mm. of films. I mean, you look at the first Iron Man, you look at the first four, you look at the first Captain America. There's some really good moments in all of those films. But they're not. Can but, I also point out that it's the first Marvel movie that used the villain in a cr- like creative way? They yeah. weren't just like, throw him in the trash, we're done? I'm going to try and avoid being spoiler-tastic. That, like, here, I, as soon I, as I was starting to say that, I was like, can I... No, can't say what I was going to. So I, I Iron, Iron, Mad, Iron Man... I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you and not say anything else so these people can play in spoilers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I, I think Iron Man's the only one I've seen. So, well, I've seen Iron Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, and the other Iron Man but, ones. But so. at the end of the day, it, it it's a Marvel origin story, so yeah. that's it was fun. That story's out of the way. Let's move on to the meat of the matter, which will be the next five movies she signed up for. Most people get multi multi. Yeah, yeah. She, I mean, I know she's definitely going to be in Endgame. Uh, and then I think she gets her own movie she's again. Not, she's signed up for a trilogy with Captain Marvel, I believe. Yeah. So there's two more in the Captain Marvel sequence. And I she's... Think, isn't she supposed to be in one of the Gar- uh, Guardians movie? Oh, that's so up in the air. Oh, well, is now, it? now that they've yeah. hired James Gunn, it's it's kind of back on track, but it's not a priority for Marvel. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Um, but yeah, one of the interesting things about Captain Marvel in the run-up to release was, um, was uh, review bombing. Oh God, uh, yes. yes, that that wonderful that wonderful thing where people just decide to give a film very very bad reviews despite the fact they haven't seen any of the film. Yeah, uh, the, the, the politics of this particular review bombing, I don't want to, I don't want to get into because frankly that shit's boring now. A yeah. bunch of little man babies had a hissy fist, but fuck them. It was a great movie. They're irrelevant. I yeah. think it's interesting because it. I, I'm more interested in the fact that we got sites like. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. where the re- the reviews are discussed and debated as a as, you know as a serious thing, which yeah. is fair enough as and all that. But I'm hoping people are going to be aware of, because of stuff like this. People are going to be more aware that these sites aren't that reliable. That people go on there and they review stuff because they have an agenda, and if. And also just be aware that if you're reviewing something before it's bloody released and it's the normal spod review, it's probably fake. I don't it's it's like Wikipedia as well, but there's no there's no like overview of the review. Like you can go on Orton Tomatoes and you can put anything on I... you can review any movie you want, whether you've seen it or not. So like you the Wiki... Rotten Tomatoes, they they did I think they did take some of the bad review yeah. box down, didn't they? Because yeah, it obviously 
Well, they've now banned uh, any user reviews on films on Rotten Tomatoes. Sorry, they've banned any uh, user reviews on a film ahead of its release. So basically, uh, if it's not out, you can't review it. Which One I think thing. is a good thing. Mm. One quick note, Wikipedia, I agree that you can go on and you can write anything, but to keep it there, assuming it's a page that's being monitored, you have got to back it up with fact. Yeah, yeah but you, as you're saying, assuming it's a page that's being monitored, so yeah. if it's not a big page, it's not probably not being monitored that closely. Yeah. No, so you can, I mean, like, I had a friend in university, his, his favourite thing to do was go on the De Beers Diamond Wikipedia page and, like, edit the hell out of it about how it was a conspiracy <laughs> to make men, like, it was complete and utter it's conspiracy rants. He used to get drunk on a Friday night, and that was, his, that was what he used to do was like put rants on the De Beers page and it was just like they used to take it down fairly quickly but still he just yeah. he just they take it down he put another one up they yeah. take it down it's like it was a game to him yeah but we're, 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 yeah that's not fun <laughs> i don't i don't recommend it as a fun activity I, like he used to get so cross about it but with the with the rotten tomatoes thing i just think it, it's it's demonstrating how all you know, more and more of these resources we've got online are coming into the culture wars and how more and more people have got an agenda that yeah. they just want to hammer through. Yeah. And people people need to be aware and, and treat things with due caution. Yeah. That's that's the big takeaway from that. And the fact that Rotten Tomatoes this isn't the first time it's happened on Rotten Tomatoes. No. It was only when Captain Marvel happened and they got such a massive backlash that they actually went Oh yeah, maybe people shouldn't be able to review a movie before it's physically possible to have done so. <laughs> did this yeah. did this happen with uh, Last Jedi? Yeah, yeah, I thought it did. Uh, completely coincidentally, it seems to happen an awful lot when it's movies focused on women. Weird. Oh really? You, you don't say. Could I it know. be that there's a there's a there's a population on the internet that might might not like ladies? It's a shocking viewpoint, but oh. yeah. And so, frankly, your mate doing the De Beers site on a Friday night was adding more to the world than these twats. Yeah, probably. I'll be honest yeah. with you. Like, I used to try to get him to stop, but... Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Once he got the drink in him, he wasn't really to be reasoned with. Yeah. Yeah. This is... Steam's been doing a similar thing. Um, with oh, yeah. <laughs> it's... Is this to do with Borderlands 3 by chance yeah. at the moment? Borderlands it... 2 got knocked down but what was it like 15 20 percent or something <laughs> wait like, plans three isn't even like in the demo stages is it you you tell the story david and i've just been looking at I, I just need to change to a review bombing policy i don't know why <laughs> uh, um, borderlands 2 lost about 20 percent overnight because people were complaining that Borderlands 3, the unreleased game, was going to be for the first six months on the Epic launcher. Uh, yeah, but that, <laughs> okay. that, that's a whole nother can of worms. The and they were literally putting on their reviews going, Borderlands 3 is coming out on Epic, not Steam. I'm like... How is that even relevant uh, to Borderlands yeah, that's, 2? <laughs> yeah, that's not relevant to whether this game is actually worth playing, you moron. <laughs> and... But the interesting being... thing is that Steam's response is sort of time-based, so they they pick a, a point where they think bad faith reviews are happening, and they're just going to cut the reviews in that time period. Yeah, which is a bit of a weird way to do it. But I suppose if if that's going to be how 
One of, one of the ways Steam makes a shitload of money is by not spending money. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Another another reason Steam makes a whole load of money is people keep thinking Valve's going to release that. Uh, what's that game that everyone's waiting oh, for? Oh, Half Life Three. Borderlands yeah, Three. <laughs> no, Half Life. I'm just trying, I'm just trying don't to... care. Don't care. No, I don't care either. <laughs> yeah, and and to be honest, it's like it's with PC gaming. It's not like you've bought a PC and then you realise the game that you really want is on a different console. It's just yeah. a different program. I... So what? So what? What? What is the point of throwing toys out of a pram? I had I think... a discussion with a number of people on uh, Reddit and on Facebook about this, specifically the ones that went. I might as well have a console. Okay. Yeah, I didn't understand that <laughs> one. Yeah. I've had a few people uh, no, do no, that. No, 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 no. Very... Right. What you have to realise is this. Okay. You have a PC. You install Steam. That takes about 10 minutes and puts all your games in one catalogue. Yeah. Uh, you can also add other games you have on your console, on your machine, to that catalogue and launch from there. But if it's on the Epic platform, you have to spend two, possibly three minutes uh, registering an Epic account, and then you have to install that on your console, on, on your PC. And yes, that's why the revolution must now occur. Oh, I thought, see, I was being told that you had to pay for the Epic store. Like the, 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 oh, no, you like... had to pay for the games. Yeah. yeah, no, 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 but you, it was like someone was telling me it was a subscription service that you could only get on it if you paid money every month. And I'm thinking, why? I think the only one that kind of comes under that is uh, EA's origin service yeah. because you can you can still download and um, you can still buy and download, but only um, EA's origin service out of those three in particular, you can sign up for like 14 quid a month and you have access to. Almost everything. Yeah, it's but you don't like have PS to. Plus. Yeah, but, you know, but that's the thing. Like, you don't have yeah. to. Like, if there's a game comes out and it's only on the Epic thing, and I don't have to pay extra for Epic, the Epic Store, whatever the hell, I'll still download it. But, What's but, you gonna do? Take me ten minutes, as you say. But you have to install a second launcher, and that's basically the same as spending five hundred quid on a new console. Totally. Allegedly. Well, no, it's not. That, no that, that, I don't fucking that, understand like, it either. Like, okay, I, I, I'm dumb. I freely admit this, and even that, um, even me is going like, "What the hell, people?" That was, that was the singular reason I was given. But then, but you've got people. They've already downloaded Origin or the Beth or the Bethesda one or oh, yeah. any. Multiple like, launchers are tyranny. We well, I have multiple. That. I have, I have the NC Soft launcher. I have. Steam. Yeah, I, have I know. Gin. I have. I know. Battle.net. Battle.net. Uh, not that I don't. I don't. I don't subscribe to Battle.net. I don't play World of Warcraft or anything like that. But I, yeah, I just I... use Overwatch. So. Yeah, but like. Yeah. What? <laughs> People yes. are stupid on the internet. Yes. What a shocker! Yes. I mean, why is this surprising to me? I don't know. <laughs> this is going to bode well for the rest of our conversation. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I, I always hold out such hope for like humanity, and then the internet just goes, "Ha ha!" Remember that hope you had. I, I hold out hope for humanity, but I've met them, so I hold. I used to hold out hope from humanity, and then they killed it, and it keeps coming back, and they keep killing it. I thought, Andy, that your hope was for some sort of big send off more than anything else. Big send off. 
like a crazy nuclear war scenario that would be quite fun to watch. Oh, let's be honest, humanity's not going out with a bang. We're going out with a whimper. Oh, yeah. And possibly a tweet. Mm. Anyway, we we will return to the world of games very very shortly for our main topic. But we have one little topic in the uh, in the news thing, and I think this is something you edited, uh, Lizzie. Yeah, no, it was just about a, like a YouTuber I follow. She is a woman of color. She mm-hmm. is incredibly successful. She's got something like fourteen million subscribers on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And she sent she did a tweet that came she came out as a biracial woman of you know woman of color very successful and uh, bisexual cool. like she was just like yeah you know what there's so much hate in the world i'm coming out and just saying yep this is me cool. and it was just really cute like and everyone was like yay there was very little like hate for it if that makes sense good good yeah. like you know it wasn't yeah it wasn't people going rah no get back in the kitchen and make me a sandwich it was mostly just people go it was just, she was just sort of saying be inclusive and like don't be a I mean, what, what did she said uh she put like three tick boxes one said female one said colored and one said bisexual and then throughout my life these have proven to be obstacles from time to time but now i'm fully embracing them as my superpowers no matter how many boxes you check i encourage you to do the same rainbow hearts I just, thought, I just thought yay something and nice. because like she's she's indian it's really brought to the attention for a lot of South Asian people of different genders and, bi- and sexuality that it's okay to be, who- you don't have to hide who mm. you are because obviously in a lot of those countries it's not mm. acceptable. But then there, here is this incredibly sex- um, incredibly successful like influencer. I hate using that term, but it's fits. Yeah. And, you know, it's like she's now an LGBTQ role model in South Asian culture, which is great. Yeah. Cool. Um, what sort of content does Lily do on YouTube? Um, so she does quite a lot of things. She does uh, music videos. She does vlogs. She does like a lot of comedy ste- sketches where she's sort of like, oh, you know, getting ready for a party. And then she's she does these really funny ones where she's got her very traditional Indian parents played by herself dressing <laughs> up. And then she's being like, so it's, it's not racist. I'm, you know, obviously, but it's she's really funny, and she does also a lot of um, charity work. She has a charity called Girls Love, which is um, aiming to end girl on girl hate. You know, because it's like more about girls sort of building each other up and being very sort of oh. positive towards each other. And nice. it's really, you know, it's lovely. And she sort of supports loads of things. But yeah, she's absolutely lovely, and she's so funny. Like she does the, she does, she's not afraid to make fun of herself, which is always nice. And she talks oh. about like mental health issues and things like that. So yeah, give it a go. She's a superwoman on uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Well, great. Thanks for sharing that with us, Lizzie. No worries. Right. That's in the news over and done with for another episode. Shall we move on to the main topic at hand? Yes. Are we sure the internet's ready for this? Well, we need we need to dip into it. I mean, we've lightly sort of danced around the review bombing aspects of one game in particular, but um, but no, we're actually going to look more about the actual games industry as a whole for this one because because the the topic at hand for me in this episode is um is the triple a video games industry doing a disservice by releasing video games incomplete and buggy as hell because there have been a couple of noticeable releases over the last couple of months um aka something <laughs> like uh, fallout 76 there we go. Um, 
And they have come out and they have just been not fit for purpose in the market at all. (laughs) So That's that's possibly the most polite way I've heard it put. Well, well, we could say it's an utter clusterfuck, but that's another one entirely. I think that of all the reviews I've heard of Fallout 76, that's possibly the best one I've ever heard. It's like, it's not fit for purpose, let's move on. So yes, I kind of, the way I wanted to look at this topic in particular is because because this has been a common thread with a lot of games, they either they either come out and they're not what they've said they're trying to be. Um, I think we've had that in a few games. Um, obviously, Anthem is probably one of them recently. Oh. And I think I remember a year, a couple of years back, No Man's Sky in particular was another one that had so much thrown at it, but um, um, it only came you. out and said, "Yes, you can wow. just do this." Or how about we mention the Fable series? And oh, yeah, they're, they're notorious for it. So. So ultimately, the way I'm looking at this question, or, or the, the the topic at discussion at hand, is why do, do you feel that this is actually harming the video game industry by just releasing the games incomplete and buggy as hell? That's... Oh, is it harming the games industry? No, games industry is doing fine. Game industry is still re- making a fortune. Is it harming for specific studios? I would yeah. say yes. Well. Not uh, like I'm not saying it's not massive. Really... Depends on the studio. Uh, Bioware. They the they had that whole mess with Mass Effect Andromeda, which I didn't think was quite justified. Mass Effect Andromeda wasn't that bad, but now Anthem, people are like, can we trust them to do like Dragon Age Four right or whatever the next thing they're supposed to be working on right? So like... what's actually wrong mm. with Anthem? <sighs> I. Does I know what's wrong with it? I think the problem is it's Bioware games have always been a very specific sort of game. You had Knights of the Old Republic, the original Mass Effect, Jade Empire. They were very much a single-player, story-driven, character-focused epic. Anthem is, as far as I can... I haven't personally played it because I learned my lesson with Mass Effect Andromeda, so I thought I'll wait a month or so to see how it goes. Anthem is just... A des- I think it's Destiny clone and not even a good one. Yeah, I think so, I'm. So is the problem there that it's a Destiny style game from from a company that doesn't isn't known for doing that, or is the problem that it's not looking like it's going to be any good? But, I think it's the former. I mean, but it's it's a different style from a different. It's a different style for the company. It's I mean, but it's not even that. Like people, like people were excited that Bioware were trying something else, but. The problem is, is it's from what I know of people who've played it, whose opinion I can't trust. It's not any good. So, so the, the issue isn't the cl- isn't that it's clone. The issue is that it's bad. Yeah, it's like they okay. you, you know they tried something new, but the problem is they didn't actually try something new because they're just copying Destiny and things like that, and they didn't do a very good job at it. Hmm. And I think one of the things, especially in some of the the research articles that we've been looking into uh, prior to the episode from Bot Culture, for example, and uh, Kotaku, for example, both looking at Anthem generally, is that there is a very heavy corporate influence which is kind of stifling uh, the creativity or even adding extra pressure on these game studios. Um, I call it the stench of EA. Okay, again, here's the question. What do you mean by corporate attitude? Yeah, like... What do you mean? 
Well, basically, um, in the what culture article of the insulting poison of corporate video games is a reference to um, one of the game directors for a cancelled Star Wars game, um, which which was all single player and all that, and they pitched it to EA, and um, an EA turned around and said, "Well, FIFA Ultimate Team make us makes us a billion dollars a year. Where's your version of that?" With EA, it seems all about the income they can grab from the user in terms of all the extra it's like loot boxes loot boxes have just manifested into this sort of horrible thing across any sort of game you play or any sort of big multiplayer games as well in terms of things like fortnite in terms of again in terms of anthem anthem's there it was also with battlefront 2 star wars is great <laughs> game I'm, of battlefront I'm... 2 I'm going to make an observation here, and this mm. is neither agreeing with or disagreeing with them, right? But mm. loot boxes, microtransactions, however you want to pitch it, okay, mm. are a brilliant solution to the problem of how do we get players, how do we make it so players can give us more money? Yeah. Okay. When If you have a, a boxed game that's selling for 60 quid, okay? Mm-hmm. That player can go and buy it for 60 quid and put 300 hours of gameplay into it easy, right? Mm -hmm. Which is cool and dandy, but you get a lot of people that are just like, oh, wow, I really want to play this game and I love this game. How do, you know, how can I give them more money? I want more stuff. I don't mind if I can spend money to get nicer stuff, but you can't get the money out of them. And I'm not saying there aren't issues and I'm not saying it doesn't get milled, but microtransactions are a way for your players to be able to give you more cash yes but... and studios need more cash because these are games are bloody... yeah these are bloody expensive things to make yeah no I'm, I'm not i'm not arguing that they're not expensive things to make yeah. but what i'm arguing about is the sheer greed i mean i get that they need more cash i get that point but like yeah. um a very famously a recent battlefield game there was a little like the little red dot that's in the sight of your gun mm-hmm. they were charging a dollar for that like okay yes it's only yeah. a dollar but it's not worth oh. paying a dollar for totally i happily accept that greed yeah. can screw it over i'm just saying though that that these things can that these things do solve a problem yeah, no, uh, no, but I... they can also make a massive problem of taking the piss yeah, that's the th- the problem I think with loot boxes and microtransactions is it used to be like um, Soul Calibur and like the dead or like fighting games like that thing, sort of thing. Mm. It used to be you could buy cosmetic stuff for your yeah. character for three ninety nine. You get like a pack, you get some like mm. outfits, maybe some hairs, and it was a choice. You could choose to buy that, and it didn't mm. yeah. change. It didn't change the gameplay or anything like that. But now they're doing these things where. Oh yeah, you have to do it to get this super. You might get this super. It's the gambling aspect that I have mm. the problem with it. If it's like if you pay four ninety nine, you get this, this, and this. Fair enough. That is your choice to buy that. But what I hate is that if you spend four ninety nine, you get ten loot boxes with the chance of getting a super rare item when the chance is like zero point zero 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 one percent, and then mm. you get kids. Who haven't really got any self control? I mean, I've seen kids in sweet shops and things like that. They've got no self control whatsoever, and they go, "Oh, mum, can I use your card, please, to buy this thing on my for my game?" And mum goes, "Yeah, why not?" And then you've got the kid racking up like three hundred pounds worth of stuff. Yeah. That is okay on the parent for not 
monitoring that. But well, it's an addic- it's addicting, isn't it? Yeah. Like you know, we've all we've all done like slot machines or bought scratch cards, and you're like, you win, mm. and you get that little happy rush, and you're like, ee, I'm gonna do it again. So yeah. for me, I think it's the the it's not that I have a problem with the concept of microtransactions and loot mm. boxes. What I have a problem with is the sheer unadulterated evilness of the way they're doing it. And I'm gonna say it: it's evil. The way that they are doing this is evil. I, I don't know whether evil is the right word. They're definitely applying the principles of gambling to it. They're definitely applying addiction principles to it. I, mean, I absolutely don't dispute that. But games are Skinner boxes in their own right. So a lot of these games, the actual the, the straight up gameplay is designed around getting people hooked on that little yeah. endorphin rush. So it, it it's inherent within the the concept of games that you've got that but when they're, they're there there is definitely a line between doing that so someone plays more and plays more and doing it so someone l- drains their family drive cash because they're after mm. a super mega blickety of sort yeah i yeah i i think with free games it's i don't know if it's more sinister or or you know whatever when you got freemium games but definitely I... something like battlefield um the star wars one where i believe you bought the game and then there was just it was just you bought the basic game but now you've got to buy this this and this and this it's like well darth vader costs th- this much it's like yeah but if you're gonna have darth vader in the game you make it something you have to grind for yeah, but but then of course you've got the things where you can buy helps in the microtransactions, or like you can buy an XP booster or something, so the grind to make the grind less. And I'm thinking, well, what? How's that fun? Um, some of that is because of grind farming. Basically, you had the problem where people were hiring people over, you know, in China extensively to play the game for them, so they wouldn't have to do the grind account selling all sorts of stuff like that yeah, yeah so but if, why, if... why 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 are you making okay i'm not against a grind i play mm. mmos so i'm not against like working towards something but if you're making it so the grind is so awful that people would willingly pay some scammer in china however much money they were charging yeah. surely you need to look at how you're making your game it's not well, fun that's whole, that's, that's, that's the whole character, point isn't it? maybe that, that's that's an issue with if you've got a game that that's an issue to do with rarity. If you've got a game that's got uh, like a hundred thousand players in it, if you if you want to make it so that Darth Vader is a rare character when you've got a hundred thousand people, you've got to make that that barrier to access steep so they're not constantly knocking into him. You know <laughs> what I mean? I'm not. Yeah. I'm saying why originally at the start of the whole MMO and the online thing that was why these things were gated that way it was like you've got to really put the time and you've really got to put the effort in because if you make them too cheap in terms of grind in terms of time since time installed then there's no sense of accomplishment and yeah. you've then got the problem where people go well sod this it's going to take me 100 hours to do it i'm going to pay someone in china to do it for 50 quid and then the game company screwed itself because that 50 quid they're basically looking at it and going we could have got that 50 quid ourselves. How do we do that? Oh, well, we'll give them an XP boost so the grind doesn't take that long. But and we get the cash directly. And then they go, ooh, 
I like this. How can I get more of it? And then they get addicted to microtransactions as a payment stream. Yeah, I mean, okay, I may be very being very old and not understanding this, but I mm. remember like you used to get things like I think Super Smash Brother Brawl or games like that where you had to unlock characters. You didn't have to pay yeah. extra or anything. You just yeah. had to maybe complete the story missions or whatever. Yeah. And that you just did that. And that was fun. You know, it might take you a while, but it was still doable. When did it change from everyone can unlock this if they do a little bit of work to no, 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 we're going to make this character so hard to get that you'd rather pay a scammer in China, about... as you say, 50 quid? Like, when did that happen? Like, two ca- t- uh, 2010s? Yeah. Yeah, about 2010s. Okay, it might be just because I don't play a lot of games, like online games. I play a couple of MMOs on the PC, but I don't play the the grind fests games. It was it was it was when the freemium stuff really kicked off. Yeah, that was when it it totally because you had, you know, you the only way you could you had to put barriers in to encourage people to buy stuff. But yeah, I mean, the technologies were there to to allow that to happen as well. Yeah, yeah. Is that also? Were. Is that also when it became an issue of, like, we're going to give you a game, but we're not going to put everything in it? That was when it started, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, as you say, you saying you were saying Star Wars. Like, if you want to play as Darth Vader, you've got to put in thousands of hours or pay it somebody was in China. Was, um, was some... I, don't, I, I can't say if people were farming for um, Battlefield, because I think they put anti-farming thing in in by them but yeah it was it was a it was a ridiculous like 500 hours to get to to darth vader but like surely if you're making a star wars game the first thing anyone's want to going to want to do after they get a lightsaber is be darth vader well yeah, yeah so you can get 50 dollars out of them for it but you've but already got 50, but you've already got 50 dollars out of them for the game or yeah, 60 dollars yeah but if you can get 100 dollars out of them that's nicer is the mentality yeah, see, like, uh, for me, I mean, okay, I'm not a massive Star Wars fan, but for me, I'd be just like, you know what, fuck it, I'm not playing your game, it's boring. Well, yeah, it's one of the big reasons it, it I just... didn't sign up for it, because I went, sod this, I don't want to buy something that's incomplete. But enough yeah. people are buying it to make it worthwhile, these companies doing it. Mm. Yeah, but let's be honest, you could put Star Wars on, like, tampons and people would buy it, even yeah. if they didn't actually menstruate. yeah. But that's the whole. If they can get the money, they're going to get the money, which is possible. That that's the thing. This is the this is the the cor- corporate disservice. Is it's not necessarily a corporate disservice. It's more going. Well, how can we make money out of these? Because it's, so it's the professionalization. Yeah, because gaming. I remember games. it used to be like gaming companies. Like I'm going to use the Fable series. Like Peter Molyneux, for all he needed a gag and someone to sit on him at like press things. He was excited. He was like he wanted to make a thing for people. And oh yeah! Like they were like gaming companies wanted this because it was fun. They didn't oh, do it. Like I mean, obviously they did it to make know. money, but they did. They didn't just do. They, okay, they didn't just do it for fun, but they did it to make money. But they also wanted to make their players enjoy themselves. I mean, is that uh, like a foreign concept uh, in gaming nowadays? No, I, I don't know. Think... I mean, um, a lot of the people that are, are there. In working in video games, do it because they love it, yeah, um, and they want people to have fun, like genuinely. Uh, but that wasn't why, the point is, that I was going to make. I was going to say that's why they're under underpaid and exploited by their company. I think the other thing <laughs> is that the um, sort of barrier between publisher and the studio has decreased a lot. 
Mm. And I think that's why we're getting quite a lot of these decisions being weighted very heavily. Um, so you've got companies that have their own marketing departments, that have their own sort of um, media people. That we've got, they have people looking into that side of the money in ways that they weren't necessarily doing even sort of like five years ago. I think you've also got a different calibre of investment. I mean, mm. stuff from the early early days of games, um, you could produce a game for like, what, 10 grand? Easy? I'm talking including, you know, the time to hire the programmer. I mean, you now, still can, but... You, yeah, but I'm talking, the, I'm talking like, um, well, how long... A lot of the Atari's most successful games took like a week or something to make, or two weeks, with yeah. one person just doing it. Well, I mean, um, but you can still do that this day. You, in this you day can, age, you? you can. But what yeah. I'm saying is, they're equivalent of the AAA. They're equivalent of the this is the new big shiny thing. You're talking about someone spending a couple of weeks um, as a hired, you know, on the payroll by themselves to produce the game, right? Now, you're looking at like two or three years and several million quid Ten, and a couple. Two, hundred... What? I mean, to be fair, two, yeah. three years isn't the full ramp up, though. Yeah, yeah. Apart but, from for very few games. Yeah, but we're talking a couple. Yeah, for a triple A, you're talking several years, easily a couple million, maybe five, you know, all in oh, yeah. a couple hundred people. So, more the, than that, I reckon. The, so... the, the need to be more more focused and more corporate is there. Again, that's not me saying that the way they're doing it is good or bad. I'm just saying that you can't really compare the old school to the new school because it's a completely different beast. No, no, no. No, I know. I'm not... I, but, like, I, I'm not trying to compare, compare the way it's done. I was more trying to compare the attitude that the game studios have towards their product. Like, oh, no, I'm not not the way they not you know I've obviously technology has come on in leaps and bounds you can't I mean you can probably make a game in a week still but it's going to be a very basic game it oh, was yeah. more the I wasn't trying to compare the way the way they make the games or, or how they make the games really it was more the attitude they have towards the game to a like, great degree it's still it's still the same you've got the people at the very top of the company just going we want money yeah and then the people who make the games the programmers going oh we're all about the experience we're all about loving our players and all that but no so... i i i i'm sure like as this uh, peter molyneux again i mean yes okay obviously he did it because he wants the money but you still felt like because he was the top of his company wasn't he like for a long time that's Lionhead, one, Lionhead. What, but he wasn't the publisher well yeah, yeah. but he, who was the publisher then um i could find out um but i'm pretty sure Lionhead weren't publishing and uh, at least not in the early days. And the publisher is the one whose money is at risk. Yeah. Um, Would it be Microsoft with, um, with okay, uh, so the Microsoft, Fable? Yeah. Because didn't they make it? Didn't Microsoft buy Fa the Fable series? Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, and then we got that horrible Fable Legends or whatever the hell it was. Also, never forget that telling people you truly care about their gaming experience is brilliant PR. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not denying that at yeah. all. But. Like okay, yeah, it felt like brilliant PR, but nowadays, like thinking of Bethesda when they were talking about Fallout seventy six, you had mm. whatever that 
meat puppet of a of a of a like CEO's name is I don't know he creeps me the hell out <laughs> standing up at like like the sort of big expos going Fallout 76 is we've listened to our players this is what they want and I'm thinking what players did you listen to mate because they're not the players I'm listening to like no I don't think did I... anyone ask for Fallout 76 yeah probably oh, enough like... people did but I think Fallout 76 fell to the other problem that old video games didn't have as much of a problem with. And that's deadlines. Yeah. Your lead-in for launching a game is so complicated now because your, your, your promotion starts about, for, for a major release game, starts about two years before launch, right? And it doesn't matter. Once you've once you said the game's coming, it doesn't matter what when you want to launch it, you know, or it doesn't matter what state it is come that date, that's when you're launching. Because you're talking about having a couple million, easily a couple of million of media buy sorted out nine months before that game gets launched, okay? And trust me, a game can change radically in nine months, and a lot of the stuff gets... Is constantly getting tweaked. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's not the smoothing process in the nine months. It's the madcap rush to get everything in there. So a lot of this problem, especially with something like Fallout uh, 76, was they had a great idea for a game. If you read through the specs, yeah. That oh, yeah. Like when a... it first was announced, I yeah. was like, fully on board for this. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of it, they just didn't give themselves enough time, probably because they were told, this is when you've got to launch. This is when we've got everything uh, marketed by this is when we know everyone else is launching because you've got to remember the number of games getting launched now that are trying to pitch themselves as triple a it's fucking frightening finding a window for your game to be seen is a nightmare yeah. and you've got to work to that date and then you've got to ship you don't have a choice it's going out the door and and that's well, that. I wait, oh, but I swear. Okay, it may not have been AAA games that I'm thinking of, but I swear that there are games that have come out. They said, "Yeah, we're releasing in fall of 2000 and whatever," and then they sort of six months down the line, they go, "Actually, no, we've got to push the release date back." I swear, like triple, there Some, have been. Uh, like, AAA, done, people have done that. AAA is not so much. It it's can very, happen. It's it can happen, but it's a, normally a real. That's either either a really really good sign or a really fucking atrocious sign. Okay, it so... also depends if their investors are going to lynch them as well. Mm. I mean, okay. bear in mind that a lot of these are like shareholder um, owned companies as well. Yeah, and okay. you're, you're you're talking about like nine, you know, a good time beforehand. You're not talking, you know, once you get to within three three months of a launch date, that's it. That sucker's going out the door. I mean, never forget the beta testing period. That is marketing. That's the main the main purpose for the for the beta test these days. It's not the bug testing they go on about. It's marketing. So once your beta test launches, you know you've got a schedule that's going to mm. get hit. Yeah, and that's when it's going out the door. And that is a nightmare to get it right in, especially yeah. if you've got some bloody marketing team coming up with absolute ass crack ideas and telling everyone oh yeah it's going to be triple bloody floody and it's going to make your pancakes in the morning and then development go we, we can't make pancakes in the morning we don't have access to their house okay but i okay this um, may not be a great example but final fantasy 7 remake okay square enix announced that years ago now it feels like 
And okay. all we've got is like little dribs and drabs. And I mean, I mean, maybe it's Square because I know I think Square Enix do this quite often, like Kingdom Hearts 3, which has only just come out. They have been teasing that for years, ever since Kingdom Hearts 2 came out in God knows now off the top of my head. But that's is that just is Square doing that? Is that because Square can get away with it because like the rabid fan, Final Fantasy fans will never let them die? It's a remake. People aren't going to lose their excitement for the remake. Well, no, not even the remake, though. As I say, Kingdom Hearts 3, that, they teased that in 2015. Have they, have, they, have they put a firm date on it? Kingdom Hearts 3 is now out. Yeah. No, no, that, okay. When, oh, when, when they, when they first teased it. When did they tease it? Oh, 2015, I think. Was so that's like, when did it come out? Uh, about a month ago. So that's about three years, right? Uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, to be fair. That we, scale of game, that's basically the PR cycle. That's the press cycle. Okay, so, but it just seemed like, I mean, because we all knew they were working on it. They just didn't, I think yeah. there was a mention of it possibly before 2015, but... Yeah. Um, when, when, when someone does a tease of a game, that's, that's the start of the press of the, of the marketing cycle. I still think that's a little bit of a long cycle, but it's not completely out there. Yeah, that's, that's your starting of it. I mean, it's not going to be firmly locked in till about like 18 months to two years beforehand, but that's when you can start, you know. Oh, no. Kingdom Hearts 3 was first teased at E3 2013. Okay, then that, that was a proper tease. You, yeah. You, yeah. So, so actually it was even longer than I thought it was. Fair just, enough. Yeah. So like, is that maybe Square, just the way Japanese companies do that? Because I've, I've noticed other games like Super Smash Bros. Like from Nintendo and things like that, they sort of, they don't really tease until it's ready if that makes well, that... nintendo are uh impossible to compare to because they've got so much money they could uh, they could literally like stop producing games and just stop doing anything and just pay all their staff for like two years so they are such a different thing yeah but you surely can't, Square... com- you can't yeah, compare nintendo to anyone but is Square Enix not big like that, or am I just like completely no, oblivious? Not like to the Nintendo. Size of... Not like the way. To, it's not a case of big. It's the way Nintendo set up. They got ridiculous yeah, reserves. The war chest, basically. Yeah. Also, I quite like. Um, I quite liked that Nintendo had like a blip in their sort of financials. So rather than like firing people and laying people off, all the executives took a pay cut. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's adorable. Yeah, they probably also share that actually was, you know, um, it's yeah. performative, but it was yeah. Nice. Well, they still tried. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, did we lose the plot? I'm not entirely sure. No, oh, no, no, it, it hasn't no, no. jumped in. No, because uh, you guys are very deep in conversation. <laughs> I, 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 I just think the, the, as I said, I just think the the corporatization to a certain degree. Uh, whether done badly or whether done well, it's just like David said. It's about the fact that publishers are getting closer to developers, and well, a lot of the times was... the publishers are buying the developers. They yeah. own them outright. Oh yeah. And, I... and... Does anyone else think that that's slightly wrong? Like, no. I mean, having a like a publisher uh... owning a developer. Why? It depends. I think it would depend on the on the student question because I know Microsoft last E3 they announced quite a few studios that they had purchased like um, Playground Studios who do um, the Forza Horizon games for example and they and they usually come out on a, like a, a year, year and a half basis and they're really, really good. So I think sometimes for 
publishers or even the, the the games companies themselves that buy those studios it's kind of adding content to their library and making sure and, and getting more exclusivity because i think one of the big things i know has always been a constant criticism of xbox has been they don't never they necessarily don't have major exclusives apart from halo and mm. and the occasional old driving game whereas sony you look at sony and you see a ton of them you see god of war you see spider-man you see last of us uncharted all that sort of stuff so yeah. playstation build that up um but yeah but sorry that was me to sort of reflect no, on no, that. no no the, 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 no the the companies like it because the owners get a shit ton of money after investing heavily in them. Uh, the staff, they've suddenly got a wage that like might stay yeah. around for a lot longer. So it gives the company a lot more stability, um, theoretically. It, not looking at any EAs. Um, yeah, I, I, I think we, we've got to talk about the elephant in the room. It's not the elephant room, it's the bastard in the corner. Well, um, but I think, you know, I was saying how like microtransactions are evil. Probably mostly the, in the aiming that one at like Sony and think people like that. Uh, not so, not Sony. EA, sorry, I do apologize to Sony. Sony, you're not evil. Mm. You're just faceless and massive and possibly, <laughs> yeah, possibly just, scary. They haven't made. They haven't done anything that you've noticed that's evil yet. Trust yeah, me, Sony, like, you're evil. Yeah, I'm um, sure they're evil, but they're they're keeping their evil behind the curtain. You know, pay no attention <laughs> to the man behind the curtain. Whereas EA's like out there. They they're like literally twirling their mustaches. They're tying game. Tying game but, developers to the train tracks. But this is the important thing. They keep on making the money and people keep on buying the products. So they're doing mm -hmm. what works. They're, yeah. they're making something people want because keep, people keep on spending money on it. If people but, didn't like the games, why are they still buying them? If people hated microtransactions that much, why are they still ponying up for them? Uh, as I say, I don't get the microtransaction thing. Like, I've never seen anything no. in a game store and gone, oh, $14.99 for that? I'm in. I'm like, eh. I've, I, I, I have on a couple of games, but it's pretty rarely. Yeah. Um, I tend to, if there's microtransactions, I tend to check out the game before I start to see how it's set up. Yeah. And to see what I'm getting myself into and what I can expect. And yeah, if it's a game I really like, um, especially the freemium stuff, if I've been having essentially free entertainment for several months and I see something that I like and I've got the cash, I will throw 15, maybe 30 quid at it. Um, but that's because I know what I'm like. Yeah, and when I you're talking about, just just to clarify, when you're talking about the freemium games, are you talking about the ones on mobile phones? No, or no, I'm talk talking about any game that is free to install and and you can technically play play for free. But if you want any kind of enhancements, be it additional content like skins, or so be it skins or boosts or 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 new tunes or whatever, right? That you have to pay for that is freemium. Mm. Okay, okay, right. See, when I because normally when I talk about freemium games, I'm talking about the like the mobile games. That's because mobile games use it an awful lot. That's because yeah. that's how mobile games broke the the barrier of video games. Because there there they had a market that was very difficult to distinguish your product in because you had a hundred developers producing the next reskin of the thing that just got big, and so yeah. you had to make it free for people to install it. It's and that was where it got big. It was also, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but again, about I think it was like 2011ish, uh, early two early two tens, 
where a lot of uh, PvP and MMO games started going freemium, where they went, the market's flooded and no one is getting their ass off of um, World of Warcraft. We're going to, you know, it's very hard to, to break into the market. We're going to have the game free up front and then you pay on the tail end. Because that was the only way they could get any market yeah. penetration at all. Oh, see, um, no, what you're talking about is the free to play. Yeah, not the freemium. No, because free, no, freemium is. Uh, maybe this is my. I've got the wrong end of the stick. For me, freemium is the games like on mobile phone where it's yeah, like. No, I get that. You play this game, and but you can spend more money to get more yes. energy quickly. Yes. Free to play, yeah. like uh, I'm going to use Guild Wars as an example of free to play. You pay for the game, so yeah. you spend. I think it's thirty five ninety nine. Yeah. And then there's no subscription fee, that's so not, you can. That's, no, no, no. Nah, that's, that's one time. That's not free to play. That's one time purchase. You have. It's not a free game. Yeah. You they... yourself just said you have to pay. Yeah, to no, but yeah, but it's free. No, it's you. You you pay for the game, but then yes. all additional content, all additional like. Yeah, that's not free to pay because you've paid for the game. Free to play means you can install it and start playing for zero. You yourself said they've got a huge amount of DLC. Bargain, brilliant, wonderful. Free to play, it's free to play, and then you start paying afterwards. Simple well, see, as that. I think the problem with that is a lot of the games that I have that went free to play, I had already paid money for them. So for yeah. me, I, that I classed oh, they was oh, like, yeah. oh, they're free to play. There were there were a lot of again in the MMO world. There was a lot of people like uh, Conan, Warhammer, Ion, uh, uh, yeah. They tried to break in, they couldn't, They w and then they went free because that was the only way they could get people to sign up, and then you pay for whatever. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. But okay, so yeah, so that was my misunderstanding. I do apologize. No, no, it's cool. Different, different languages, yeah. different, different time, times in the, in, in the process. Yeah. I've but, got an interesting uh, point about that differentiation. Um, so there's a game got up. Um, has anyone heard of Clicker Heroes? No. It's like an idol game. Okay. Um, it rings and, a bell. Yeah, you you, you 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 buy things to do the clicking for you. Um, that distinguishes itself really well. So, Clicker Heroes Two is going up on early access with a twenty-three pound price tag, which is quite interesting. So they've gone the other way. They've taken a free game and made a sequel that's paid. <laughs> that's fair enough. I suppose. I they, mean, I know, it's, 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 like, it's like it's like drug it's like drug dealers, isn't it? The first taste <laughs> is free. Well, even with freemium, you've got you've got huge things. You've got huge differences between um, pay to skin, pay to boost, pay yeah. to sub. Loads pay of different the, the the freemium, free to play, whatever. However you want to, all of yeah, it's all very. My, my, biggest, my biggest bugbear is the pay, to, the pay to win culture. I don't like that. I don't mind like cosmetics, go nuts, you know, yeah, characters. But when it's like if you pay more money, you'll you get better at the game. It's like mm, no, that's well again no. that works. That makes some money. I know, I I know it works. I just yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm not I'm not interested in that. I don't. I, I've never I've I've played a couple of games that went that way, so I ditched them. And there's a couple of games that I was excited about, and then I saw them, and they were paid. Yeah. And I ditched him, but that's just me going. I don't care. But again, there's a certain type of person who will do that, and there's a certain type of developer who will exploit these people. Because let's be honest, the pe in most of these games, you have a huge number of people that never play, and then you could never pay, and then you got a small number of, pe yeah. of people that pay a fortune, and they're referred to as whales by the developers. Oh, so, even the ones yeah. that aren't like proper whales, the people that actually just 
actually pay a little bit. The yeah. Total payments looking at about two percent. Mm. Uh, like for a game that does well, two percent spend any money whatsoever. Yeah. Um. So that's that's, uh, that's a tiny amount. But most of those aren't triple A's. So. Oh yeah, totally. Getting okay. it back to the triple A thing. I mean, though, I think, League of Legends. I... Okay, but then just, just League quickly Legend, on... Was League of Legends a triple-A or did it become a triple-A? I thought League of Legends wasn't it's that high-profile a launch. No, it no, wasn't okay. a massive launch. I'm going to ask this, not, not ask this question here. for all our listeners, because if I'm confused, what is a triple-A game? Because you hear that oh, a lot, and I God. have never, ever understood what makes a tri- game a triple-A game. Is it because what it's a big a developer? Game, or what, what makes what? a game a triple-A? Yeah. Okay. The absolutely authoritative answer on this, what makes a game a AAA, is marketing say it's AAA. Mm. Okay, so there isn't like a tick box that the, this game has this, this, and this, it's a AAA. It's like yeah. marketing's on, we're a AAA game, and it's like, okay. Um, there are tendencies. There like, are tendencies. Like large budgets, um, yeah. multiple, multiple studios, and the publisher taking the lead. Are probably the ones that it's, I would say are the main hallmarks for me personally. It's it's ba- the the best honest answer I can give you is it's high end, very shiny. It's basically like a list yeah. celebrity stuff. It's 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 stuff where the game becomes a story in itself, and everyone gets really overhyped about it. It's kind of uh, like um, is it kind of like a uh, cultural? phenomenon influence in a way because every yeah. time every time like a rockstar game comes out if it's like grand theft auto or if it's red dead redemption there's like the huge the huge surge they, push yeah it's, it's have they spent a million quid on the marketing that's a triple a game yeah there's it's, also that yeah that's why yeah, I say Call it's, of Duty it's, as well. if marketing say it's a triple a there's there's no solid definition of trip of triple a um it's just it it's like the gold standard what the fuck does that even mean it just yeah, means you're okay. great that yeah. that's big but ass, you... fancy looking, high high title, the one that everyone knows the name of games. Those that's about the best I can say on AAA. But okay. it's pretty fucking woolly. Okay, that's fine because I have never understood what that meant. Like you just hear it and go, oh, okay, it's a AAA game. In the back of my head, I'm going, the fuck is that? I spent the best portion of a decade in uh, the games industry. I couldn't tell you what the fuck AAA game is. <laughs> it's just yeah. it's a phrase that it, it tells you that marketing's in town that's it really yeah um, okay no that's fair enough that's cleared it up for me and hopefully the listeners at home because as i say i didn't know what the hell that a triple a was and if you nobody knows then... marketing bullshit <laughs> okay because anyway. yeah, i don't remember triple a was a re- relatively new thing as far as i can tell in the games mm. industry i don't remember like super pokemon Blue or red being called a triple A game. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, we've got some. We've got about. We've got about fifteen minutes left in this episode. So let let's let's take it away from the multiplayer aspect because I think a lot of our sort of discussions have been kind of focusing on the multiplayer games in terms of. Well, they're the worst. Yeah, Yeah, they they are. are, They are. They are the biggest cash cows out there. Now they're also the worst of the shit. That and um, you know, like single player casual games tend to be the real cash cow. Yeah, ones. but they're they're not. Yeah, but they, they the, the multiplayer games are the ones for being the most bug infested pieces of crap. Mm. Yes. Yeah, but I think. With, I mean, that's today... part of this multiplier is really, really fucking hard. I think 
in today's, I think, considering there's always been a huge, well, at the moment, there's been absolute huge sort of focus on those sort of multiplayer games. Fortnite, for example, is always in the news at some point for some bizarre oh. reason, like a celebrity's done something. But well, like winning a BAFTA. Oh, yeah, winning a BAFTA, like being declared the best game of the year by people. Kill it, kill it with yeah. fire. I mean, it does that. It. Yeah, does that mean, does that mean that the single player experience is just not worth it anymore is is it bollocks 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 bollocks. i don't care what i don't care what ea says the single player game is not dead because at their heart gamers are misanthropic shut-ins who don't really want to be playing video games for the social aspect i would rather set myself on fire most days than play socially with people except those millions of fortnite players that do I mean, yeah, that's a whole new market. Let's hit yeah. that as well. There's room yeah. for both. Yeah, I'm not saying there isn't room for both, but like EA has claimed that the single player count the game is dead. It's gone. It's done. Nobody wants single player games. And yeah. Sony's and Sony's just gone. Really? In some ways, <laughs> Watch it this. Is. In some ways, it is like it's a lot not... of gaming nowadays is about like sharing that experience and things like that as well. Again, um, you're, a whole... you're get edging into what is a single player experience if you if you're not online playing against other people yeah. directly it's a single player game yeah no i i get that i i'm just thinking like a lot of it is about getting stories that are yours about like ownership and things like that yeah uh, in a way that it because people are sharing what their experiences with the game the single player campaign isn't dead it's just it's harder to do and generate those stories when there's so many of them uh, Red Dead Redemption. That's Assassin's doing a good Creed. job of doing it. Exactly. Uh, Grand Theft oh. Auto, even though all of no. those do, to some extent, have a multiplayer aspect to them, they are still solid, well-written, well-executed yeah. single-player campaigns. Uh, God of War is another one, not that I played the most recently. Uh, God of War won a BAFTA, I think, yeah. uh, last yeah. week yeah. as well. Was it two? I think it got... It got the, uh, the big one, the Game of the Year one. See, I, I can't see... I'm probably going to get told I'm completely full of shit at this point, but has an has a multiplayer game won a BAFTA for anything Fortnite. story related? Oh, for story related? Um, no, what did not Fortnite, that well. What did Fortnite win it for? Evolving game, best evolving game, best and evolving game, and I think they thoroughly deserved it. They, I, I would say that would be true to a point because when it first came out, it came out that before it went into the battle royale mode. It was a very low-key release of saying oh yeah it's you and some friends against zombies you sort of build forts and stuff like that it's only when that battle royale mode came in mm. that it just exploded and that, that that's that's the big thing though is pvp content is way cheaper to make than pve yeah because you the players create infinitely more complicated scenarios and and infinitely more more play uh, playable and involving gameplay than mm. PvP ever can. So I disagree with EA that um, it's dead, but I do understand why a lot of people are moving over to PvP because it is cheaper to make it in well, the yeah. long run. But as you said, like multiplayer games have their place. I'm not, like, I'm not yeah. saying that they're not gonna like be here to stay. But for EA to make a blanket statement that nobody cares about single player games. It was just baffling to me. Like, you're a massive publisher. I, I mean, okay, one of their biggest money makers at EA is The Sims. 
that yeah. is not a that is that is definitely a single player experience. Yes, you can like upload your creations to yeah. the gallery and people can share them, but you are the still hmm. on your you you're literally sitting at your computer puppeting your little people about nobody else can come into your world and start setting fire to the you know sink or whatever it is that you're doing never, never <laughs> underestimate the value of, of bullshit I th honestly that's the best reason i can give for ea saying that is it got them headlines they're now identified they've they've aligned their brand with multiplayer people who yeah. like the multiplayer experience of which we've seen there's an absolutely large amount of them because let's not forget Fortnite's dying because Apex Legends just turned up to nick that crown, um, which people, you know, yeah, it's the, it's it's ripping it up. Oh. Fortnite's dying down. Um, but well, there was wasn't there PUBG tried to? No, PUBG PUBG was before Fortnite. Yeah, yeah, but that was what Fortnite oh, so nicked the crown from. Oh, okay, so it was PUBG yeah. then Fortnite and now it's Apex. Yeah, but even PUBG was a rip off. I mean no, this. Uh... The the battle royale with the with the closing um thing that's been around for like six years now five six years or am I wrong David you you're better at this than me uh, I couldn't tell you on that one but I would be very very surprised if Ultima Online hadn't already done it <laughs> or yeah the Simpsons have probably done it as well um but yeah it, it's people are ripping things off left right and center and I I get why EA was so determined to make that statement but they're gonna they're going to fold back on it and release a bunch of singles. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was mostly because, I mean, I'm assuming you've all seen the meme, right? E e there's a picture of the EA Lego logo saying, single players are dead, and then there's a picture of the Sony logo with a load of box arts underneath going, really? Watch this. Well, you look at you look at the top 20 for last year. Last year, There was a lot of... Um, mold, where am I, am I? Let's have a look. Red Dead Redemption single. Uh, Smash Brothers single. Spider-Man single, Far Cry. Is Smash Brothers single? I'm not though? sold. On, I'm not quite sold. On it's not the... an online. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. So okay. So God of God of War, as far as I'm aware, that's single. That's single. Yeah. I don't know Monster Hunter World. That's mom. That's both. It that's will on, be. Yeah. That's got Assassin's, a single player, but you Assassin's can do play it online. Creed. That's single. Single Grand player. Grand Theft Auto. There single. is an online, but, but there's online. Uh, predominantly what's... single. Super Mario Odyssey, don't know that one. Single. Single. Right. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighter. I do not know most of these. Dragon Ball Fighter Z. That is. Online. Yeah, that's yeah. predominantly right. online. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wind. Single. Single. Yeah. And Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. I think there's a multiplayer aspect to it, but it's okay. not yeah, in kind it, of a. Well, it's, isn't it a bit like Pokemon Go in that like, you have to go out in the real world with it? I'm not or sure. I'm sure they, they. I'm sure it's got like a VR aspect, like yeah. a bit like yeah. Pokemon Go did. Reg regards the single player, you out of the top twenty uh, best-selling games, it's about fifty-fifty split between multi and single. So, yeah, but like, the, but the, we, we're not, not saying that they can't. No, but we're not saying that there isn't like room for both. They, <laughs> I fully accept that the the multiplayer, multi-online games are here to stay as much as I wish they weren't, because some of them I look at and I'm just like, really? Oh, don't play them then. No, I don't. I just... <laughs> it just annoys me. Like, I follow a lot of people on Twitch and YouTube and they do lots of Let's Plays and suddenly, you know, suddenly all their fucking content is Fortnite and Apex. That gets them the views. I yeah. know. 
I know, I know that's I I understand, but I'm just like, come on, go back to the stuff like I used to watch you for, which was speed runs or Sims things or you know whatever it was. It's just suddenly, I don't know. <laughs> I, think, I mean, I think... is that because they've quit their job and now need views? Yeah. Yes, the rise of the. I'm a professional Twitch streamer. Ugh. Ugh. I am the wrong demographic to have an opinion on that. I don't. I don't even think I've watched an episode of PewDiePie. I Good, very rarely find. I very rarely find much enjoyment from watching other people playing video games. I think I've watched a couple of guides. That's mostly what I'll do. And there, there's like a few really high end games on the Mech Warrior circuit I've watched. But that's about it. But we're talk- I'm talking like the finals. Yeah, I, I've watched a couple of league matches. Yeah, because my ex was big into it. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I, I quite enjoying like when I'm doing stuff, having like a let's play on in the background and like which watching it and listening to it. So I have Radio Four. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how are the archers doing? <laughs> I say, uh, yeah, no archers exist. <laughs> archers were put. Exist so that decent people can get on with stuff and not just spend their whole day listening to radio. Oh. But yeah, I shut it. You just you just imagine you just imagine while you're playing a game, you just go to the archers. And it's usually one of the characters who's always so tired of. Oh, I've been on the farm for so long. I'm looking for the volume off button because I just heard See, that damn now, theme tune. This is <laughs> it's built so, into me. This is the future of freemium. What they're going to do is they're just going to put episodes of the archers in it. You have to pay oh. to skip them. <laughs> that's good you know when we finally get our george orwell nightmare you know 1984 v for vendetta government that's going to be how they talk yeah that's going to be how they torture people in like to to make them conform the like we're uh, going to make you listen to the archers with long cutscenes that are like yeah. actually plot story relevant you mean like I, anything by hideo kojima yeah. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'll have like a microtransaction so you can buy gems so you can skip the cutscenes. <laughs> um, I would just like to say through all through all of this conversation, we we can we can complain about the corporatization of games. We can complain about PvP just dominating everything and being and God damn it, we a will. slow mutation. But but I think we really have to go to the root of all this problem, which is the players. Because they have buying it. crap. <laughs> they have fucked it up for themselves, frankly. They keep on falling for the media hype. You you see it all the time. I mean there, there's a there's a thing called the Garnet Tech hype cycle, which is basically how any new technology get gets overhyped and all that. And you can match that against gamers. Because you, yeah, know, that, uh, yeah. you get I, some I forget who said it. But somebody once said a mob is only as smart as its stupidest member. People yeah, want slash games and they're dumb as fucking mud and they keep on getting punched in the face and that, coming that's back. That's insulting to the mud. Don't be and insulting to the mud. Half of it is because they punch themselves in the face because they'll they will see marketing nonsense and then they will add to it. They'll yeah. uh, especially when you do like teaser launches and all that. The number of expectations they build up and they go, oh, it will definitely contain flying moon pie. And then they demand that it contains flying moon pie. And yeah. the developers are then just going, well, you never said that. <sighs> oh, but on, panel, on frame three of the second advert, there was this blah, blah. It's just, it's I just mean, I, they, I they... cannot claim that I have never got excited 
on the hype train. Oh, like, I'm not I excited against about games. I've I've got excited about stuff. Like I have, I will freely admit, I have occasionally like like E3 comes around and like they like Beth- okay Bethesda using I'll use Bethesda's Elder Scrolls Six like reveal at last E3. All we got was a very pretty bit of scenery and then the v- title card of Elder Scrolls Six. I admit, I got kind of excited, but then the little voice in the back of my head went, uh, that's just like a little teaser, you haven't seen anything. Yeah. But well, I think a lot of gamers, the problem is because because they've grown up with it, they haven't got that little sort of cynical voice in yeah. their head. They haven't got the filter to go, oh, yes, be excited, but also be aware that they lie. Well, that's I mean, with, with Borderlands 3, that trailer just came out, and I was just like, I mean, I, I heard there was a trailer, and I just stopped everything I was doing. And I was like, I must watch this now. You know, if I'd been driving, I'd have just been like, can you park on a motorway? Yeah, probably be fine. But you know, <laughs> I, I, I watched the trailer, and I was, I was pumped up, and I was excited. And one of the things I was really excited about was there's a fucking gun on legs running along. Oh god, that okay. fucking gun on legs! <laughs> and I saw that, and I was like, number one, it's a gun on legs. That's intrinsically too cool. Number two, holy fuck, there's a gun on legs. Number three, legs on a gun. I'm excited. Yeah. But beyond the fact that it's the single greatest invention in history and the reason why mankind came about, <laughs> I have no guns on legs. I have <laughs> no expectations for what that will be. I am waiting to see what that will actually be. Could it be but people little... will make their own? They have been. The people have been on the forums, on the chat group. Oh yeah, the... it's all over Reddit. People like people have, have actually like been... 3D printed this thing already. Yeah, and they have been coming up with how it will work. What it's called. It's got different camps of people who are like, well, I want it to work this way and I want it to work that way. I am just and, imagining and there's I, a guy somewhere in the design uh, on the design side of the studio sat there going, I'm not sure how this is going to work, but we put it in the trailer. I'm just going to check I'm Reddit. very sure there is someone in the game studio going, you're oh, all wrong yeah. and marketing's going to find out about this and come and, t- and uh, tell me cry. to do this and I'm going to... Yeah. Like I, I, I was on Reddit, okay, and I there was like a fight going on over who's going to voice the gun on legs. Yeah, I don't I, think it's even got a voice, as far as I we know. Totally. I mean, I, I have been engaged in fandom speculation bullshit before. I am not the bitter cynical you people make me out out to be, but uh... these people are gonna get disappointed by it because they're gonna get so overly emotionally mm-hmm. involved in it and so overly emotionally invested in it that when it comes out and it's not exactly what they thought it was gonna be, they're gonna possibly live up to it their can't. expectations. It's it's like what like Mass Effect Andromeda. Because it Mass Effect for all the missteps that the third instalment had, that has such like heart it's like such yeah. a big part of people's lives that Nothing they did for Mass Effect Andromeda was going to be good enough because you weren't Shepard, you weren't running around with your mates from Mass Effect One, Two, yeah. and Three, and it was just oh. like it wasn't. It wasn't bad. Like it, I played it. I really enjoy Mass Effect Andromeda. Don't at me, but it okay. Yeah, there were bugs. There were like some facial issues and things like that. But it was a good, solid story. It was a fun, entertaining. You know. Yeah player experience it just everyone was like it's not mass effect we hate it but it is mass effect or no man's sky which with all good intention had um um, a 
bloody laundry list of, of, of goals for what it was going to include mm-hmm. that no one was ever going to see in a first launch from that studio. But, and and people, hey, just say, people get mad. I feel kind of bad for that guy. Yeah. yeah. I really do. Um, he clearly wasn't properly briefed uh, for, to do it. Well, properly prepared to do a press junket. And he just said words. Yeah, yeah. And, you could uh... like you'd watch it. Uh, you would watch him like talking, and you're just like, "Oh no, sweetheart, please, please get a coffee fit, anything." Uh, so at the you... time, I was working on Elite Dangerous, and I was like, "Some of the oh. stuff he's promised, I know how hard that is." Wait, so <laughs> you're the reason I lose my partner every like five seconds. He's like, "I'm going to go play Elite Dangerous," like so it's uh, your no, fault, probably... right? <laughs> Um, so you got all this you got all this hype going through and people getting overly invested, as I say. That comment was aimed at Ian, by the way, not at all of you. <laughs> <laughs> um and then oh, actually, okay, I was about to say sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's cool. I'm just hoping Ian's gonna let me gonna hold the clock after me on this one. So you've got all this overhype, this overinvestment. You then get the actual game launches, which by the Garnt Tech tech thing is the peak of inflated expectations mm-hmm. people are just so overly oh my god it's going to be vanilla flavored and if it isn't vanilla flavored i'm gonna shit the bed and then they instantly go piling into the what what garnet called the trough of disillusionment and i'm going to call the trough of players screaming like babies where it's not everything they overhyped themselves for it's not everything that they were i mean some of it's obviously the marketing and all that shit but it's not what they they sold themselves on yeah and they scream and they moan, and then they learn nothing. They just, just try it anyway, and they bought it. They're disappointed with it. They're never going to do it again. And then the little twats do it again. They fall for the marketing hype. They overhype themselves. They just punch themselves in the face repeatedly, and they start review bombing it, and they do the same bastard thing. The yeah. weird thing is that getting hype about a game feels good, right? It feels good. With people. But also, ranting about it feels cathartic. But you, you're cathartic because you're so massively disappointed. I mean, I maybe I'm not going to claim most like solid the people, but I've pre-ordered games before that have ended up being naff. Mm. And I've just gone, oh, well, it was 30 quid. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think that someone had come and stomped on my existence or betrayed me. <laughs> I thought I bought a game that was a bit naff. Yeah. I just... I, yeah, I agree. Getting hyped about stuff is awesome. And there's nothing more awesome than people digging awesome stuff. But they know there's so much history out there about how this keeps on bastard happening. And they just sit there going, this time it'll be different. No! How will it be different? <laughs> it's, it's the human condition, isn't it? Doesn't matter how dark it gets, we always have hope. There's always that it's little not bit. Even dark. We're just expecting it to be like midsummer letting... all year round. They're letting themselves be played like flaming harps. They're falling for this. Con- they're not toning it down. And these are people that that you see. And I'm not talking about like you know a new swathe of people. No. I'm talking about people who are going, well, I, I said I'd never buy, you know, pre-order this after the last debacle of, of this series, but I'm going to have to buy it. They just lock themselves into it as almost like an identity. And then even though the game's bad, they still keep <laughs> on buying it. It's, uh, and they over, they, they over insert themselves into it. And it's their fault why people can release these shit games. They're enabling it. Mm. 
I just think the players can bitch and moan all they want, but they need to take some responsibility because it's their money they're giving them. Yeah, it's like, um, how, what, what's the phrase, you know, protest with your wallet or something along those lines? I yeah. mean, it doesn't work for a lot of things, but it works for things when you've got a lot of choice. And with video games, you have a lot of choice. Oh, you've got amazing choice. Like all, all, yeah. all the indie developers out there doing stuff. Go and have to, give a check. I um, mean, yeah. yeah. Don't pick yeah. up Babber is you, like for the most innovative game I've played in a long time. I tell right. you, indie developers out there probably had a boner on for a week when EA said single player is dead. Because <laughs> all those indie people just went, oh my god, I'm going to make a fortune. Because if, if EA are ditching, are ditching single, they're going to clean house. Because they know <laughs> there's still a market. Yeah. I'm sorry, I like stalk high class. But also, no I, th I think I think we can all just agree, EA is evil. I can't think of a single thing they've done good, but I don't know if they're evil. Um... Anyway, we must call time there for this episode of The Big Stop. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much to the panellists for joining in this conversation about video games. And you... Yes, and you can follow them uh, via their various social media feeds. So let's start off with David. How can the listeners follow you on social media? I'm on Twitter at Uncanny Dice, and um, I do Bone on the Adventure um, I'm on Bunkerzilla, which would be great if people came and listened. Lovely. And Andrew, how can people follow you? Uh, they can find me online at on Twitter at Raggedy Man. They can find me on Facebook at Needlessly Aggressive Products. They can find me on Etsy at Needlessly Aggressive Products, and they can damn well buy my stuff. Uh, and I also will be in the next episode of the Super Fortress Hardcore Genki podcast. So bringing awesome. all the latest news from the greatest Super Fortress in Cambridge. Awesome. <laughs> and of course, Lizzie, how can people follow you on social media? Uh, I have I have the, I has the Twitter like the kids do. Uh, so that's at Redheads Ramble. I couldn't get Redheads Rambling, unfortunately. It was it was taken. Uh, you can find me on the Bunkerzilla Facebook page, the Bunkerzilla website. Uh, I am on Tumblr, but does anyone use Tumblr anymore? <laughs> no, they got rid of all the porn, porn so it's pointless. Um... Yeah. And if you have any feedback on this episode or any suggestions for the topics for us to discuss in the Big Stomp, then please get in touch with us. Contact at Bunkerzilla.co.uk or you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Bunkerzilla UK. Anyway, again, thank you much for listening. Thank you very much for the panellists. And until next time, bye-bye. Bye. Tune in to The Big Stomp, roaring at the latest stories and discussions in geek culture today, only on Bunkerzilla.